Hi, this is Terrell Somerville, the lead pastor of Freedom Church. Welcome to our podcast. We hope you enjoy the message today and that you'd also take time to get plugged in to your local church. We believe you can't do life alone, so we learn to do life together. I also want to thank our givers who make this podcast possible. If you are blessed by this ministry, please consider subscribing, giving, and sharing this with your friends and family. God bless you. Welcome back. Good to see everybody. So glad you are here today. Thank you for coming to Freedom Church. I am so excited to be here. Had a wonderful rally with the volunteers Thursday night, getting prepared. And I want to say uh, thank you to all of our wonderful volunteers. Would you give them some love? All right, all right, right. Hey, um, I want to reiterate what Adam was talking about about next week on Father's Day. You do not want to miss that. You want to let every father know uh, we're going to be celebrating the dads and going to have a wonderful time, and I'll tell you more about that at the end. But I also want to welcome those, and I want you guys to scream out to everybody here. There may be people that's sick or they're not ready to come back yet, but would you give them some love that's watching online right now? Would you do that? Let them know we love you. Thank you for tuning in. We're very, very, very thankful. So if you're online right now and you're brand new, be sure to fill out a connection card. Uh, those of you here, if it's your first time here at Freedom Church physically, uh, please take and uh, fill one of those out. You have an opportunity to drop it in the buckets as you leave today. So we've been in this series called Who is God? And uh, if you would, you can take out and get the outline out on the app. If you have not downloaded our app, it's simple. If you have a smart device, just go to the app store, type in Freedom Church Gallatin and download our app and you go on the home page of the app in the bottom right hand corner says Sundays you can pull up the outline for today's message so I'd love to encourage you to do that and maybe if you've never had the app before there's past messages there are a lot of different things you can do with that so when we think about who is God what I talked about a couple of weeks ago starting out was who is God the Father who is God the Son and today we're going to move forward with who God is when it comes to the Holy Spirit now let me ask you this today how many of you here want more of God today would you just raise your hand I want more of God. Okay. All right. Now, because today there's an opportunity for you to really, if you will just put everything out of your mind, where you're going after church and all those kind of things, I really believe somebody's life's going to change. Look at the person next to you and say, somebody's life's going to change today. I'm telling you, that's going to happen if you're willing to through the power of the Holy Spirit of God. So the series has been about this particular verse because it is a mention in the New Testament from the Apostle Paul at his second letter to the Corinthian church. See, he wrote two letters to them because they were what you would call Christians gone wild. How many of you have ever saw a Christian go wild? Don't raise your hand because it's probably you if you do, okay? But anyway, in his benediction at the end of this, this is what he said. He said, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. What's that last word? The Holy Spirit to be with us all, okay? So here, I want to, one more time, I want to make sure that you understand the, uh, the, who God is, okay? He is one God, okay? There's not multiple gods. He is one God. But here's what I want you to understand. Within the realm, there are three eternal distinct within the Trinity. The Trinity of the word, Tertullian, long ago, come up with the word Trinity, which means three in one. The Father is not the Son. The Son is not the Holy Spirit. Neither is the Holy Spirit uh, is not the Father. But understand that there's one God, the Father, one God, the Son, one God, the Holy Spirit. Does everybody understand? Say yes. 
So, with that being said, today we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, um, how many of you maybe grew up or you went to church at one time when you were young? Raise your hand. Okay. How many of you ever saw those depictions of a dove and they would talk about the Holy Spirit? Remember that? The Holy Spirit is not a dove, okay? It's whenever the Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus at his baptism, it was in the form of a dove. It would be like some of you men. How many of you here, men, you consider yourself strong? Raise your hand. Yes, you do. Some of you. It's when somebody says you're as strong as a ox. There you go. So that's what I'm talking about. So the Holy Spirit is not an it. How many times you heard somebody say that the Holy Spirit's like an it? It's he. It's a him. It is the Spirit of God. So here's what I want to tell you. When you see when Jesus ascended back to heaven and the Holy Spirit came down in the book of Acts. What was so common in the Acts of the apostles is the fact that it's not so common today, and that was the leadership and the moving of the Holy Spirit. Understand this, there is no Christian walk without the Holy Spirit, you walking with the Holy Spirit. Do you understand what I'm saying? You're not walking without, if you're walking without the Holy Spirit, you're walking without God. I remember as I was growing up, I remember as a little boy, I was blessed to grow up in church, and I remember an older couple, their names were Hoyt and Ethel Young. And at the end of every service, I would be in the back, back here, and trying to get as far back as I could so I could play Connect the Dots. And, but I remember this distinctively. I would look over to my left, because I sat in the back on the right, and I remember as a little boy, Hoyt was a big man, and he would stand up, and it's the first words out of his mouth every service, I want to thank God for the Holy Ghost. That's what he'd say. Then he'd go on and testify. Then he'd sit down. Then his wife, Ethel, would get up and she'd say, I want to thank God for the Holy Ghost. So I was trying to put together ghost and holy, and I didn't think it sounded very exciting, you know, because I'm thinking I'm scared of a ghost and I'm thinking holy, and how does that merge and how does that come together? You understand what I'm saying? But as I grew up, I was kind of scared of that and didn't really understand that. Some of you have probably been in a service before where the Holy Ghost broke out and you got scared. Raise your hand in church, don't lie. Yeah, mm -hmm. you, you've been there, you've seen those things happen. So today, the Holy Ghost is not something to be scared of, it is something to partner with. But I think there's a lack and, and I, I want to ask, I'm just being as, as, as vulnerable as I can. There's a lack of understanding of the Holy Spirit of God. Would y'all agree with that? There is a lack of that. So I want us to try to get an understanding. So today, I'm going to talk about the understanding of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to talk about the battle of the Holy Spirit. Then I'm going to talk about how that you and I as Christians can partner to be overcoming with the Holy Spirit, okay? But understanding the Holy Spirit, I want to read the Passion Translation of Paul's benediction at the end of the second letter to the Corinthians, it says, Now may the grace and the joyous favor of the Lord Jesus Christ, the unambiguous love of God, and the precious communion that we share in the Holy Spirit be yours continually. What's that last word? That means let it be so. Okay? So in this here, it talks about the communion of the Holy Spirit. And when we think about communion a lot of times, we think of when we take Communion. We think about uh, unleavened cracker that tastes really bad and, and grape juice, if it's been held too long, tastes really bad. But anyway, we know in that we're not thinking about the elements, what they taste and is and what the flavor of the, the unleavened 
cracker is, but we're thinking about Jesus Christ and what he done for us on the cross of Calvary and gave his life for us and his present spirit that we have and the future that we have in him. But here at communion, when you look at the original writing in the Greek, it comes from a word called koinonia. And in the word koinonia, that is the fellowship. That is in what we're going to look at. You're looking at the spirit, the communion of the spirit. But there's really three defining things about that. First and foremost, when you think about koinonia, it is is really the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. The first and foremost thing. Now, why wouldn't we just fellowship with Jesus? People say, well, I'd just like to fellowship with Jesus. Well, Jesus is not here. The way Jesus went back to heaven is the way that he's coming back from heaven here one day. So Jesus is not here for you to have fellowship with him, but through the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, you can have fellowship with Jesus. Fellowship here meaning it is companionship and it is sharing together. How many of you here, I want to ask this question, how many of you have been around someone who ignores you? How many of you are sitting with them? Don't raise your hand. They ignore you. Yeah, you, maybe some of you have been dating someone before and you're dating, you kind of get to know one another. Next thing you know, they ignore you. Or maybe some of you have been around a coworker and they seem to ignore you. I had a neighbor the last place that we lived. We had a neighbor. Her name was Ivy. I called her Poison Ivy because she ignored us continually. <laughs> You'd wave at her. She would turn her head. She would not speak to us. She did not like me. All I could do is pray for her. That's why we called her Poison Ivy, because she needed Jesus really bad. But anyway, when you think about someone ignoring you, uh, you know, sometimes your neighbors might ignore you. Sometimes your spouse might ignore you. Maybe it's a coworker that ignores you. You know, I like to go fishing a lot, and me and my buddy Ryan here, we go fishing all the time. It would be really sad if we went out fishing together, and we spend four, five, six hours together fishing and never say a word to one another. That would be really, really sad, you know. But we don't do that. We talk to one another about life and God and family and our kids and all those kind of things. It's really important. But here's what I believe, and listen to what I'm going to tell you. The Holy Spirit is the most ignored person in the church today. Let me say that again. The Holy Spirit is the most ignored person in the church today. You know, it's very important that we understand the Holy Spirit and the fellowship. I can be in a room full of people. I mean, full of people and everybody be conversating. And if my wife walks in the room, I can hear her voice distinctively. Can't you? Because you're used to hearing your wife or your husband's voice. So I asked you in your fellowship with the Holy Spirit, do you know the voice of the Holy Spirit? Do you know the voice of the Holy Spirit? Also, in, a de in, in defining, understanding the Holy Spirit would be to understand the partnership of the Holy Spirit. The partners, when you have a partner, you develop a flow. Now, how many of you here ever played tennis before? Play tennis. When you play tennis and you play partners, you have to develop a flow. If you don't, you're going to miss the ball in the middle. I love the 1998 Tennessee National Championship. T. Martin had a flow with our with our. Uh, with our receivers, and that's the reason we, run, we won the game then, okay? I've seen other, others that, that's won national championships in, in basketball. When you look at the championships of Michael Jordan, they had a flow on the team. They knew exactly what the other one's going to do. That's a flow. But you know what? I've got a great depiction of a flow when you partner with the Holy Spirit, you as a person, and the three 
Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and you're part of the Holy Spirit. This is how flow goes. Check this out. what you call a flow right there right I would have killed myself that would have not happened I would have messed them all up but here's what happens when you get connected and you understand the Holy Spirit in fellowship you understand that you can partner with the Holy Spirit then you begin to flow with the Holy Spirit and you learn how to flow with God the Father you learn how to flow with God the Son you learn how to flow with the Holy Spirit and here's what's so important that you understand Jesus said himself when he physically walked on the earth that it is better that he go away in order for the Holy Spirit to come you say why is that pastor because he can only be at one place and at one time yes he was God but he was also man so he was going away so when the Holy Spirit came there in Acts chapter 2 now the Holy Spirit being all the hearts of believers the Holy Spirit can have conversations through prayer with billions and billions and billions of people on the earth at any given time he can be with us he is the everywhere at one time God because of the Holy Spirit do you understand say yes thank you the Apostle Paul wrote 13 books in the New Testament, and he mentioned the Holy Spirit, grab this, 112 times. Okay? Now, when you think about him mentioning the Holy Spirit, why was that so important, the Holy Spirit? Paul said that we are fellow workers with the Holy Spirit. When you look at Peter leading the pack of, of the disciples, and he was the leader of the pack, he walked with Jesus physically. But the Apostle Paul, grab this, never walked with Jesus physically. He was knocked off his high horse in Acts 9. The Apostle Paul was Saul then. He was going about murdering and imprisoning Christians of the way. That's what they were considered then. And understand with that, he never actually physically walked with Jesus. So what did he have to do and what he would do? He had to depend on his relationship with the Holy Spirit. He had to depend on the fellowship. He had to depend on the partnership. And he had to understand who Jesus was. So Peter walked with Jesus, but Paul walked with the Spirit. And Paul wants every single one of us that are Christians to be people that are going to fellowship with the Spirit and partner with the Spirit. But also in defining koinonia, it's the intimacy of the Spirit. Intimacy is a close association. So here's what I want to do. When you think about close association, I'm going to say a word and then you say whatever or whoever's the most closely associated with that person. I want you to yell it out. Lone Ranger and... Mary Kate and Bert and Shrek and it's just donkey, okay? No, the cat don't matter, all right? Beefus and <laughs> anyway. <laughs> That's just wrong. <laughs> Terrell and Shinda. 
See, you see the close association. That's what you, you look at with intimacy. See, the, the Holy Spirit wants to be your intimate friend. The Holy Spirit wants close association with you 24-7, 365. But if you don't seek the closeness, you might wonder why the Spirit's not working in and through your life. He wants to share your thoughts. He wants to be able to share your secrets. He wants to share the very deep desires of your heart. I want to point out something here in James chapter 4 and the last part of verse 5. And this is from the New King James Version, how this is written, because it's really, really good. It says, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously. When you look at the word yearns, it means an intense feeling. It's longing for something as it's lost something or it's been separated from something. When you look at the original writing of the word yearns, and you look in the Greek, it's epipatheo. Epipatheo, what that betrays, it betrays this, this yearning, this desire, this craving, this aching, this long, intense, excessive yearning for someone else. Shannon and I, we, have, we are deeply in love. I will just tell you straight up, our love gets better every year. We share our dreams, our hope, sharing now, today, and our future together. But what I will tell you, there are times that Shanda is not yearning for me. <laughs> I'm just being honest, okay? And I'll tell you in particular when Shanda is not yearning for me. It's when I'm behind the wheel. She's not yearning at all. You know, just being, just being really honest with you. But we've been in love and been married over 30 years. And do you think that my wife would want to share that intimate love if I started chasing someone else? Absolutely not. And would not blame her at all. And when you think about the Holy Spirit, do you think the Holy Spirit would want to yearn for you and long for you if you're pursuing a relationship with the world? See, a lot of times you're just Sunday Christians. Now, I, don't, I don't know your heart, I don't know your life, but there's a lot of Sunday Christians. They come in here, oh, how I love Jesus. Then they go out and they love the world the next six days. Never talk to the Holy Spirit, never yearn for the Holy Spirit, never seek the Holy Spirit, never long for the Holy Spirit. And you wonder when life hits why it's so hard to handle it. It gets really, really tough. I've heard Christians say, well, I want more of the Holy Spirit, Pastor. I want more of the Holy Spirit. But are you living and longing to give yourself exclusively to the Holy Spirit of God? James 4 and 5 reveals this intense yearning for the Holy Spirit to be able to possess us entirely in our lives. And there should be no surprise to us when it comes to the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit is the indweller. He's the sanctifier. He sets us apart in our relationship. He is our source of power. His attention, His gifts and understanding His Word all directs us because He loves us so much. He wants more and more and more and more of us every day of our life. He wants our time. He wants our attention. He wants our devotion. He wants our fellowship. He wants our partnership and he wants our intimacy but it's totally up to you and me as to whether we're going to avail ourselves to the holy spirit so we say in tight connection in a relationship with the one god 
We deny the Holy Spirit of what he wants from us. I truly believe it breaks and groans his heart. He wants to fill you. He wants to empower you. He wants to flood you with his divine life. So that's the understanding of the Holy Spirit. The battle of the Holy Spirit is simply this, coming from Galatians 5, 16 and 17. It says, so I say, Paul telling the Galatian church, it's very applicable to us. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. The battle of the flesh versus the Spirit. How many of you here like my plant? See my plant here? I've had this plant here for over 10 years. Someone here in the church gave it to me, and, and I've had it. And, and um, I shared this one time before. It's been many years ago, but my plant talks to me. Any of y'all have plants that talks to you? Some of you are thinking, hon, let's get up. We won't come back here. This guy's nuts. Now, my point isn't talking to me. If I do not water her and take care of her, she lays down like, water me, baby, any kind of thing. But anyway, it'll lay plumb down. Then I water, whoop, it's back up again, flowers a couple times a year. Looks really, really cool. But just like this plant right here, what you feed grows. Follow me on that? What you feed grows, like my, my plant here. What you feed grows, and... And if you feed your sinful desires, sin is going to grow in your life. And you're going to be, begin to be just completely dispelled into darkness. But what you starve dies. What you feed grows. What you starve will end up dying. Understand that is your sinful desires. If you feed the sinful desires, they're going to grow. If you starve them, they're going to die. If you feed your spirit, your spirit, when the relationship you have with the Holy Spirit is going to grow stronger. Your intimacy with God is going to increase in your life. How, and, and how can we allow the Holy Spirit to help us to overcome? How can we allow the Holy Spirit to help empower us to get free from sinful desires that sometimes people keep giving into it's about overcoming with your fellowship with the spirit your partnership with the spirit your intimacy with the spirit so there's a couple of thoughts i want to share with you it's very important how many of you want to grow closer to god more than you ever have in your life would you would you just lift your hand okay all right okay i believe that but it's up to you whether you want to do that first thing is you got to depend on the power of the Holy Spirit. See, the Spirit convicts us. So if you're continually feeding sin, sin's going to grow in your life. But when you begin to feed the Spirit in your life, that draw of that sinful nature that we all have is going to dissipate. It's going to starve and it's going to die. The Holy Spirit wants to comfort us whenever we're hurting in our lives. And maybe you're praying and all of a sudden His very peace comes over your life despite the situation you find yourself in and the Holy Spirit is comforting you. Maybe it's a situation where you understand that when you have that relationship with the Holy Spirit, the Spirit counts 
counsels you and decisions that you need to make. That's why he's called a counselor. He wants to guide you into all truth. He wants to help you in your life and go in the right direction of way that God wants you to go. He's going to nudge you to be able to go and prompt you to be able to go in the right direction that's going to please God, not upset God or disappoint God or put a frown on God's face when it comes to the life that we're living. See, when you are battling temptation, you don't have to do it on your own. That is the fellowship. That is the partnership. That is the intimacy that we have with the Holy Spirit of God. Some people think, well, how can I do this? Well, we learn to depend on the power of the Spirit and we overcome the desires of the flesh because the Spirit of God dwells in us. God dwells in us through the Holy Spirit. Look at Romans chapter 8 and verse 12. Right here it says, Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no, what's that word? Let me say it again. Let me say it again. I want you to look at what it says here. It's very important. Dear brothers and sisters, you have no, say the word. You have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will what? What's that next word? You will die. See, if you're desiring to, and, you, and you've been caught up in alcoholism, and you're desiring to get drunk every day of your life, you have no obligation. If you're dating somebody, and you're getting really close, and, and you begin to have this urge to merge, pound, chicka, pound now, you have no obligation to do that, okay? You do not. Maybe you're bent, and you've been addicted to some kind of form of narcotic or some kind of drug. You have no obligation to be able to do that. Maybe you've been looking at things on your phone or on the internet, and you know it's not right and you're married you have no obligation to do that maybe someone says something that has a different view on Facebook than you do and they cuss you you have no obligation to cuss them on Facebook you're tempted to feed these things listen that what you feed is going to grow that what you starve is going to die you follow me on this? Maybe something happens to you and something comes at you at work or in life and you want to blow your top I ha you have no obligation neither do I I'm going to tell this story. I'm embarrassed, but I'm going to tell it anyway. I'm going to get on my Pentecostal platform and tell it. <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, Shannon and I, we have a, we have a, a camper on my truck. So we went out bled so I don't camp for a couple of days. So we came back, and we went by Aldi's, get some groceries, and she said, let's stop at Zaxby's and get some lunch. It's on Saturday. I had my boat behind me. So I said, you want to go in? She said, nah, we'll go through the drive through so I drive through the drive-thru with my camper on my boat. You know where this is going. I thought it would clear. But it didn't. Oh, no. That awning caught my camper and it peeled a, my, a place back in my camper about that long side of my air conditioner and the awning wedged between the air conditioner. I could not get out from under the thing. So I climb on top of my camper here in front of God and everybody trying to get this thing loose. Finally, I went and got some tools I had in my boat and I'm undoing this, this awning to undo it in order to get it done and where I could get out from under the thing. It's, once again, it's wedged between the air conditioner and the top, already peeled back and all this stuff. Shannon hollers up at me. The manager's come out. He's very kind, trying to talk to him. And he's, he's just, I'm so sorry. This has happened six or seven times. I said, thank you. I'm not the only idiot. And then this guy gets out of his truck and he's got his phone up and he's taking pictures. Shanda hollers at me and says, Terrell, what's he taking pictures of you for? 
Something rose up in me. I'm not kidding y'all. It rose up in me, and I tell you what, I just wanted to come unglued. And I did say, I said, what are you taking pictures for? I said, just get back in your truck and leave. That was the kindest Christian thing I could say. <laughs> then when I got done, finally got it off the awning and got down, he was still sitting there. So what do I do? Hey, what are you taking pictures for? You know what he looked at me and said? I thought it was funny. I felt this feeling I had about 20, about 30, about 35 years ago, my left arm trying to do this. I was wanting to knock him out in the name of Jesus. I'm serious. I was wanting to do that which, but the Holy Spirit was pulling me back like it's right here. Keep me hitting this guy. Thought it was funny. He said, oh, I'm not going to post it on social media like a teenager. What are you doing taking the picture? I said, I'd appreciate it. I said, I, it's, it's, I said, I'm ashamed enough here in front of everybody that it happened. And I said, I'm a pastor in this town. I'd appreciate you not putting it on social media. But man, I'm telling you right now, the Holy Spirit will keep you from doing dumb things if you listen to the Holy Spirit. That's what can happen in your life. How many would you agree that when it comes to sinful things, sin is fun for a while? How many of you agree? Raise your hand. Hmm, okay. Now, for those of you that did not raise your hand, we got two problems. You're either lying or you didn't do it right. One of the two. <laughs> so, I mean, raise your hand, say sin's fun for a little while, right? Raise your hand and let's all get it right, okay? Or you would not be sinning, okay? Sin will take you further, keep you longer, cost you more than you can ever imagine. Sin thrills and then it kills. Sin can fascinate, then it assassinates, okay? You think, well, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like this. I, I heard, a, heard a pastor say this one time. He said, um, sin's like a, a sneeze, Boy, it feels good when it comes out, but then there's snot everywhere, you know. <laughs> sin kills. And you say, well, it won't kill me, Pastor. I'll tell you what to do. Sin will kill your marriage. Sin will kill the intimacy that you can have with your kids. It will kill the intimacy that you can have with God. Sin will kill your career. It will kill your future. Sin will kill your finances. Sin will kill your credibility. And sin can ultimately kill you physically. The good news is, though, look at the rest of this verse. It says, but if through the power of the Spirit you put to death, that is starving, starving, it's going to die, put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will what? What's that word? Say it like you mean it. What? Live. You're going to live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. See, for someone that's a child of God, someone that's a Jesus follower, we believe it's the power of the Holy Spirit that dwells inside of us to be able to have a breakthrough, and that is the beginning of your healing in your life. So I want you to get real with God today like you've never gotten real with God. If you're a Christian, even if you're not, I want to ask you to fill in the blank of what's going to be on the screen here. I admit that I am powerless over what? What is that? Is it food? You eat too much. 
Is it worry? Is it anger? Is it materialism? Is it sexual immorality? Is it smoking pot? Is it, is it meth? Is it pain meds? Is it alcohol? Some kind of, what is it? You fill in the blank because here's what happens. Whenever you admit that, I believe that the power of the Spirit of God will heal me and make me whole. You just got to say, I'm powerless over what? What is it I am powerless over? I want to give you a moment to think about it. And maybe you're sitting there and you don't want to fill it in right there. I get that if you're by somebody. But put that in your mind and say, I'm powerless over this. But I believe that the power of the Spirit of God can heal me and make me whole in my life. See, we come together as a Christian community. Not to just sing songs that's really nice about God. But we come together as a Christian community to be able to confess with one another. Then pray with each other and pray for each other. And that's where healing begins in our lives. So I'm hoping and praying that you're going to take a moment for this truth to really sink in and that you can admit that you can, you can admit what we're talking about that's going to, if you begin to starve it, it's going to die, or you're going to keep trying to cover it up. It's your choice. What remains covered up is not going to heal, I promise you that. But when you admit it, and then you learn to depend on the power of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will begin to strengthen you. The Holy Spirit will comfort you. The Holy Spirit will convict you through that. Each time you try to go back to it, the Holy Spirit will encourage you. The Holy Spirit will counsel you. The Holy Spirit will strengthen you, and He will guide you into all truth. That's what He wants to do. So to overcome with the Spirit of God, it's to depend on the power of the Holy Spirit, but also you've got to follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit. You know, I believe, and I, I love leadership, I love studying leadership, and there's a lot of great leaders, but there's no leader like the Holy Spirit of God. There's no leader like the Holy Spirit of God. Look what it says here. Paul goes on to say in Galatians 5, he says, but when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again. Did you hear this? He's reiterating it. As I have before, that anyone living this sort of life will not, say will not, inherit the kingdom of God. You know what that means? You're going to have gate problems if you think you can live life like this and think you're going to heaven. I question if you ever gave your life to Christ to begin with. I'm not the judge, only he is. But if you live life like this and that's the way you live and you want to call yourself a Christian, you're not only messing up with God, but you're really messing up with other people watching you live that sort of life. Look at the person next to you and go do this. God's doing. He's looking at us all the time. But other people are looking at us when we profess our faith as a Christian in our lives. He says, but the Holy Spirit, say but. Conjunction, junction, what's your function? But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I exercise that self-control at Zaxby's. Thank you, Jesus. There is no law against these things. 
Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. What are they doing? What's it saying there at the last? He is starving it again. They're putting to death and staying away from the power of sin. So the power of sin, when you starve it, it becomes weaker. And they're crucifying these sinful desires that we can all be tempted by. Look at verse 25. Since we are living by the Spirit, what do we do right here? We do what? I want you to say this underlined next part out loud, audibly, if you can. Let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. It did not say some parts, parts you want to choose, pick and choose, lifestyle. It says you follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not be conceited or provoke one another to be jealous of one another. So how do we learn to follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives? We've got to spend time with Him every day. You've got to spend time talking to God. And we don't know how to talk to God. We don't know how to pray, the Word tells us. But the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, interprets our prayers to God because we don't know how to pray. We spend time in his word. That's God communicating his heart to you and to me. We listen to him. And over time, as you listen to the promptings and the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God, his leading will guide you in the direction that is holy, that is righteous, that is of God. And the more mature that you become, the more you're going to recognize which way he's telling you to go that is holy and that is righteous. And when you're so close to the Spirit of God, listen to me, this is important. When you're so close and connected in fellowship and partnership and intimacy with the Spirit of God, you will not have the desires you once used to have to satisfy the desires of the flesh. And you say, why is that? Because you are so full of what matters, you're not tempted to be a part of the intimacy, the emptiness of those things that do not matter. God can fill you up, and when he fills you up, you have no room for other sinful desires. I'm not saying you won't be tempted, but it doesn't take a hold of you. It doesn't pull you in an ungodly direction, in an unrighteous direction. Do you follow what I'm saying? It's important that we understand that. The greater of intimacy that you have with God through his spirit, the less you're going to be tempted to fulfill the desires of your sinful flesh. You know, many of you, you know my story. And I, when I hit rock bottom when I was 18 years old, there wasn't nothing for me to do but look up. There wasn't no other direction to go. I gave my life to Christ when I was 12 years old, but I got out and followed my sinful nature. All these years later, what I have realized that when in my life I fellowship 24 7, 365 with the Holy Spirit of God, I partner with Him, share with Him, commune with Him, have that intimate relationship with Him. I continually am able to overcome the sins of the flesh and of this world power of the Holy Spirit, depending on it, and through following His leadership. And if I can do that, you can do that also. That's where free will is so strong.
God's not going to make you do anything. He's not going to dance you around like a marinetti on a string. It just doesn't happen like that. You've got to have that desire in your life. One thing that really hit me was the friendship that I had around me. You know, when I said no, and I remember when I got out of jail when I was 18, and, you know, I began to pray in that direction, pray in that direction. Then I met Shanda, and I knew she was the one for me. And I've told you this before, but I'll tell you for those that's never heard me say this. I had friends that were saying, she's not for you, and when are you going to get back to being the old T-head you used to be? You know, something rose up inside of me with my partnership with God. I said, you know what? I don't want to go back to that guy. And you know what I praise God about? That guy's been dead for 35 plus years. I'm alive in the power of the Holy Spirit of God that I depend on. And I'm following the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God in my life. And if I can do it, you can too. Over the years, I've learned to depend on him and follow his spirit. And you know what? You and I have no obligation to follow what our sinful nature urges us to do. We've just simply got to tell God and say, God, I am powerless and you are powerful. We've got to tell God, say, God, I need your Holy Spirit to make me whole. I don't want to be empty in my life of you. I want to be full of you where there's no room any of the sinful desires in my life I need you God would you pray with me Father we love you so much and we cannot praise you enough and thank you for this amazing day God we know God it's game on when we talk about your spirit in here Lord because there is a battle between the lusts of the flesh and the spirit of you almighty God so right now God do a mighty work in the hearts of everyone that's here in this auditorium and those that are watching online do a work right where they're at. I want to say to you as we're praying, maybe right where you're at, you need to tell God, God, I want your spirit full in my life. I want your power. I want to ask you, Lord, today to lead me to victory. Ask him to do that right now. You've got to admit to God anything you know that's pulling you back, that's holding you back, that's haunting you. Whatever goes in that blank while ago, that you know that there's something there and you're praying right now and your heads are bowed and you're looking at your life. How many of you know something goes in that blank? Would you lift your hand to heaven right now? No one's going to come to you. God bless you. Just lift your hand to heaven. God bless you. Hands are going up everywhere. It's time. If you lift your hand, I'm going to give you an opportunity again. Lift your hand if you know something goes in that blank, if you didn't lift your hand. God bless you. Thank you for being honest. God wants to do something amazing here today. So right now, if you would admit it to him and say, God, I don't want it to haunt me and hold me back, God. Please forgive me. I truly believe that the power of the Spirit of God will heal me and make me whole. I'm asking you to do that today in the name of Jesus. Ask him to do that right now. Say, I need your help, oh God. Here's what I want to ask you to do. Those of you that have said, I have admitted something, you need to go to that one friend that you trust 
that one. I think very few people have got more than five intimate, close friends that they can trust. But I want to ask you to go to that one friend this day. Don't lay your head down and rest tonight and go to sleep till you go and see or you talk in person on a phone. No, don't text them. Just call them and say, hey, I want to hold you to hold me accountable. I've asked God and I've admitted to God this which is holding me back from my relationship with him. Hold me Maybe you're here today and you've never given your life to God. Maybe you're watching online. You scrolled across this and you saw this. You know why that you scrolled across or you know why you're here today? Because God wants to be your best friend. So right now in the name of Jesus and you know that you need to give your life to him. You've never given your heart to him and you know that your name is not in this book. Would you just lift your hand real high right now and say, I know that today. Just lift your hand real high and say, I need to pray for that today. I need Jesus in my heart. I need to know him as Lord, God, and my Savior. Would you pray to him right where you're at in here in the auditorium and online and just tell him, say, Lord, I admit to you I'm a sinner and I need you in my heart and life. Please forgive me of my sins. I confess them to you. Just tell him that. Your prayer is the prayer of salvation. When you're being convicted through the Spirit, Tell him that. Say, God, I want you to save me. There's no salvation in none other. Save my soul, Jesus. I need you today. I need you in my soul, God. Lord, I, save me. I need my name in your book. I don't know when I'm leaving this world. When I do, I want to spend eternity with you. Life is yours. I admit the things I've done. I ask for your strength and power to turn from them. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You gave your life to Christ. We want you to let us know that. You can find me or one of the pastors after service. I want to ask you if you would, especially if you gave your heart to Christ. If you don't mind going over to the Connection Center, we've got a brand new Bible for you. We'd love to give you because, listen, when you read the Word, it's going to make a difference in your life. So we'd love to give you that gift you gave your life to Christ today. Father, we love you and thank you for what you've done here. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Find us faithful in our walk with you. We admit those things to you. We need to depend on your power and follow your leadership. And may we become everything you've created us to be in Jesus' name. And everybody shouts. Amen. Let's give him praise, church. All right. Hello, Pastor Jim here. I just wanted to come on and thank you for listening and help answer the question, what next? If you gave your life to Jesus today, we would love to take that journey with you. Simply text the word SAVED to 615-900-2176. And make sure to follow us through the week on our social media accounts at Freedom Church TN. We love you. Have a blessed week.